afternoon, good evening, good day. Welcome to whatever time of day it is when you're listening to this episode of The Unmade Bed. My name is Adrian, that's my wife Bree. Say hello Bree. Hello Bree. Um, things to talk about this week. Well, we might cover a few different topics. I've got one to start with. It's now school formal season. You've probably noticed um, uh, all the online galleries from the Mercury newspaper, you know. Um, school formal photos. I don't go as far into the Mercury as actually seeing the galleries, but okay. No, they're just available online. They they put links to them. Yeah. Trust me, I don't go looking for them. <laughs> anyway, it poses a question that I'm not sure I've ever asked you before. Did you have any school formals and did you go to them? Yes. Yes to both? There were two of them. One in year 10 and one in year 12. Okay. Uh, when were they? End of the year? End of the year, yes. Okay. See, Marist was very different. I'm not sure what the situation is now, but not only did they have a leavers dinner for grade 10 and a graduation ball for year 12, they also had, well, I think they still have, Marist College balls in the middle of the year. That, at least when I was at school, they made compulsory for you to attend. Now, I wasn't a big fan of that idea, because basically... I can imagine you're not really a balls person. (laughs) Depends how you want to phrase it. Um, I went to the year 10 dinner because, well, even though Maris went through to year 12, for some reason they saw it as needing to have a leaves dinner at grade 10 even though maybe two or three people total actually left and the graduation ball made sense at the end of year 12 because you're coming to the end of your your school education but the midwinter balls which were compulsory for years 11 and 12 I I pretended to be sick basically Mm -hmm. so there you go everyone uh, I went to school with who always sort of wondered about how I managed to get out of going to the uh, to balls in the middle of winter. Um, I just said I was sick, and I wasn't. I would have liked a midwinter ball. I, I don't see why it's a, a punishment to have to, well, to go to a ball. You see... Is, I, this, is this a Catholic school thing? Because, yeah. well, I mean, I guess I can't... I went to a co-educational school, right. so um, it was pretty pretty normal it was just it was no different to maybe going out and on a saturday night except you got to dress up a bit more Mm -hmm. um that's the whole bit of it which i actually objected to um because and i found that in at the year 10 leavers dinner like you know we had to turn up you know suits and all that stuff but the whole thing was all about the arrival and taking photos of the girls as they went through. And if you're in the the cool group or the in there group, not a problem. But for those of us that were, dare I say, on the outskirts of social groups at school, it was just a miserable fucking time. I didn't see the point in going to them. Um, I actually went and told the principal at the time, Father Ray, I had a meeting with him 
after I wrote him a letter in year 11 saying, I want you to excuse me from uh, going to the ball. Here's all my reasons. Uh, he turned around and said, I think you can make yourself the better person by going. And I just, no. Okay. Um, they have a compulsory barn dance at the end of the year that you were supposed to, you know, no choice in attending. Is that I just, you know, treat people like human beings that can make choices for themselves kind of thing. But I just objected to the whole idea of the boys just rocking up in a suit and it being all about the girls arriving. I think the girls arriving is fair enough. We're the ones who were uh, worth looking at, but... Yes, but what I'm getting at is that you shouldn't be forced to attend them. Well, I think you probably only had your best interests at heart. I don't see it that way. Do I learn how to interact with the female species, especially when you're going to an all-boys school? No, Mars co-ed. There you go. Well, even then... (laughs) (laughs) This isn't going the way you... Where you thought, well, is it? Well, no. Um, I mean, I was, I was in, you know, in school. I was never in the the popular group, so mm-hmm. so to say. But I was, you know, mm. well, I was, I was the kind. I was well enough liked by most people. Had a group of friends. Had probably two groups of friends, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Sort of, particularly in year ten, a bit mm. less so in more, more in year because I moved schools in year eleven and twelve. Right. So I was a bit less. Uh, Cliquey then because mm-hmm. you know I was new yeah. and and yeah. All, all the rest of it and I'm mm-hmm. you know I'm not a very outgoing person so I was mm-hmm. certainly not uh, you know upping all the groups and everything but mm. you know so with your balls did they force you to do all the old like the waltz and the pride of Aaron and and all that kind of thing not really no you oh, see so that was again one we of the... I think we did a few practice sort of dances in PE class. And, and that sort of thing, but nobody was force, we, yeah. forcing anyone to, to dance. It was just... We... Pro- yeah, we uh, to be I, honest, it was more about uh, whatever clandestine alcohol we could drink uh, before and during the event that mm. that was more to the point. Particularly in Year 10, in, in Year 12, most people mm. were above 18, so you weren't allowed to drink mm. at, at the event, but then we went out afterwards, so... Yeah, I can't remember if ball dancing practice took the place of PE... Or whether, yeah, it must have. I've sort of, sort sort of moved it to the. Yeah, I don't. I don't know where else you'd do it, and particularly, yeah. but it's kind of a P sort of thing ish yeah. sort of. Yeah. So not sure when we did them. I've sort of repressed that memory, and for all these years, anyone who went to school with me, and I don't want to say it was just a bit of an in joke, but I managed to be sick for a few things while I was going to school and it was all because I objected to the compulsory nature of it. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Now, moving right along, the collapse of Deliveroo has happened over the next, oh, sorry, over the previous couple of days. Deliveroo, the um, food delivery app, I don't think they sideline in um, offering rights to people and that kind of thing. I think Deliveroo is exclusively food delivery. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's sort of the collapse seemed to come out of nowhere. So uh, is it a case of Australia has too many um, similar apps now? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, and 
To be fair, I think the the word collapse is, is a bit over dramatic. Mm. They simply decided to pull out of the Australian market because it wasn't offering them any kind of return that they could, and and they they felt that the investment to in order to get potentially some kind of return was just not not worth it. So pouring good money after bad. It, you know, it's not necessarily that the the platform was 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 that bad it was just it was you know any any business and sorry i'm putting my accounting hat on now is gonna Mm -hmm. have it has to make a profit right correct it can't just break even otherwise there's no point Mm -hmm. there's no point being a business that just kind of covers their costs so um particularly a a business like like a food delivery business you're you're gonna want to make a uh you know margin that's you know, my, you know, there's certain... no point just turning a tiny profit. They want to turn a large. No, profit. you you know, some like a transport business can turn a five percent margin overall because they the, the revenue is high enough that they can. That's enough for mm-hmm. them. You know, retail business is going to want to generate a you know sixty seventy percent margin on there because that's you know to justify the the extreme costs yeah. in, in inventory and that kind of thing. Yeah. and and Deliveroo. Obviously, felt that they you know, it's it's not a business that has any kind of material, particularly mm. uh, assets. It's uh, no. it's their, their spending would all entirely be in marketing. Mm. And how are you supposed to compete with Katy Perry singing songs on TV for, for menu log? Uh, yes, that's a good point. Mm. Um, you know, unless they you know paid for Taylor Swift, there was just no coming. You know, there's not much coming back for that. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm taking a guess that most food delivery drivers are on multiple platforms. Yeah, I, you'd have to be. So yeah, yeah, I don't know that you can just be a um, just a delivery driver who just does menu log. I think you've got to do Uber Eats, menu log, whatever other ones are still out there. Yeah. Mm. Then of course you've got the pizza companies that do their own thing. Mm. Mm. You've got to be smart about it. You've got to you've got to ju- you've got to juggle your your deliveries yeah. so that you're getting the best return. So that's yeah. you know your best drivers will be able to make a good living out mm. of it. And drivers who don't do that is just going to you know probably you know break yeah. even or you know make a small amount of money on their costs. Well, it was amazing uh, when we were in, in Singapore how just the proliferation of, of um, people with bikes doing food delivery. I almost started to wonder whether anyone in Singapore actually has a kitchen in their apartment. Because... No, it, it, it's a very different environment mm. in Singapore. Singaporeans are very used to getting cheap food outside the home it's it's mm. actually the way that singapore's been been designed it's part of the whole uh yeah. um hdb mm-hmm. phenomenon is that you know you have your 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 unit block yep and within that unit block is all the services that you generally mm. need on a daily basis including a coffee shop where you can go and buy cheap food mm. hdb standing for housing Hel- development board correct Public housing in Singapore, yeah. but public housing has a very negative con- connotation in Australia. Yeah, in Singapore, it's not. It's just. It's just a birthright for everyone to have access to somewhere to live. Yes, um, there is some caveats around it, such mm-hmm. as you've got to be married. It's because they're actually a very conservative mm-hmm. consi- mm-hmm. society when it comes down to it. Mm-hmm. But you know, you get to thirty years old, you're married, you can buy a very highly, heavily subsidised unit. Mm-hmm. 
that you can live in and that you can actually pass down to your children. It's usually mm. on like a 99-year mm. lease, depending on, on how you've bought it. Mm. Um, and that that unit block, or that HDB block, is a, it's a community. It's not just yeah. a I, unit block. I know what you mean. Yeah, it's... You, you 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 know your neighbours. You your kids go to the same school as the other kids in the unit block. You mm-hmm. go to the coffee shop. You buy your food. You talk to people. You have mm. exercise facilities. You know mm. gyms and mm-hmm. running tracks and whatever mm. within your. You know it's it's such a it's such a foreign concept to a lot of Australians that mm. you know where people think of public housing, especially some sort of public housing. Unit block is uh, is is just where people keep to themselves and mm. sort of you, you kind of stay within your unit yeah. to a to a degree. I think though, going back maybe you know thirty forty years in Australia and especially in the UK, there was that sense of community in in unit blocks. Um, I don't want to turn this into into sort of a class thing, but um, the quality of people living in public housing in Australia and the UK 40 years ago is very different to what is there now. Mm. Um, And I think you had, well, I mean, of course, you had the corner store. They're all gone. Almost of them are gone. Um... You know that corner store probably sell fish and chips. You know, not. Yeah, no, that that's that's fair enough. Yeah, that that's all gone. Mm. I think, and I think if, if I wonder if you if you if you put the sort of UK um, you know council mm. flats together against the Singaporean HDB model, mm-hmm. you'd find that people actually do have a sense of community in the in the council flats, but mm. often it's been, um, let's say, a sense of community to um, you know deal drugs together or, mm. or you know, <laughs> rather than because Singaporeans are very law-abiding mm. um, by by nature, it's a little bit more harmonious. Mm. So part of the general breakdown of society over the past uh, 20 years or so, you'd say it's been going on for longer than that, but just, I mean, um, our new shopping centre, which was built just down the road and opened a couple of months ago, um, they're already having to um, hire security um, because of, literally there's there's a group of young people who live in Rokeby and Clarendon Vale that are just completely off the rails. Yep. I mean, the the uh, Glebeville Village shared a picture yesterday. They just had some young girls, when I say young girls... Well, see, girls, they're not even part of that group. They're just some young girls who thought it would be funny yeah, to, to, to go, go in into the shopping centre when it was kind of, you know, late at night and, yeah. you know, mostly closed and, and steal yeah. a bunch of pot plants. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's just, I mean, stupid for a start because mm. obviously the place is covered in cameras. But, mm. um, yeah, it's a bit different to the... the you know, I hate to use the term, but the little group of Eshes who were mm-hmm. who have been prancing around the the area for for a long time, mm. who are just I don't know I don't know what they think they're they're achieving, but they they're the ones who were um, when the shopping centre first opened were you know there's some 
post office boxes. They were trying to break into those. God knows what they thought they would find mm. in in there. And they mm. you know broke a they broke into the bigger ones. I guess hoping to find a parcel or mm. or something that they could sell. Mm. You know, and into into the mailboxes and just general stupid vandalism. Yeah, I don't know if they're involved in the car thefts that seem to be happening lately, but. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's a little bit different, to be honest. It's, yeah, but certainly more people around here are talking about putting up more cameras around their home. I think a lot of people have now got one of the ring camera doorbells, but yeah, uh, and I know I mean we're cons- we're considering it. Yeah, I've got one at the front door, but not one that really covers the cars and yeah, and that. So um, certainly it's an option to to look at. Mm, mm. Okay, that's occupied a good chunk of time. You're going to have to edit the shit out of that. Oh, you know, I just normally just (laughs) let it run. Freeform. Mm. You know, it's got to sound like a conversation, not chopped up bits. I mean, it's only 17 minutes long at this point. There you go. Let's get on to something a little bit uh, less uh, serious. Yes, let's talk about music now i've given you two choices this week for mm. a uh, a music chart to look at we're going to either look at this week in 1990 or this week in 1980 well i was only three years old in 1980 so to be honest 1990 is a lot more relevant to me oh uh, i think if i told you the songs that are in the top 10 you'd be you'd certainly love one of them i kind of want to do the 1981 can we do both okay let's just do both let's Let's see how many songs i know in the 1980s compared to 1990 when i was you know would have been in about year seven or or thereabouts okay so the top 50 singles chart from this week in 1980 at number 10 akadaka you shook me all night long yeah Mm. not one of their best songs but yep okay uh number nine Donna Summer, The Wanderer. I'd have to play that myself to try and work out which song it actually is. Yeah, I think if you played it, I'd go, oh yeah, that's yeah, Donna oh, Summer, yeah, that but yeah. it's not one of her biggest hits for sure. Uh, speaking of the disco divas, number eight, Diana Ross with Upside Down. Okay, that one I know. You know that one? Uh, I reckon you'll know number seven, Irene Cara, Fame. Yes. Yes. We're on a bit of a roll here. Uh, number six, down from three, David Bowie, Ashes to Ashes, one of his mm. all-time greats. Yeah, I, pro- I probably wasn't um, not entirely aware of David Bowie as a youngster. It was more mm-hmm. of something that you get into a, a older. Mm. Although I did, um, I'm not sure if I'm not sure if with my mum or my auntie went to a David Bowie concert, mm-hmm. probably sometime in the eighties, mm-hmm. and uh, I I ended up having this white shiny bomber jacket ah. uh, it was glass spiders actually yes. glass spiders tour mm-hmm. yeah and i wish i still had that bomber jacket because i think it would be worth a lot of money now mm. <laughs> to be honest but there you go oh well um we start to go off the rails when we get to number five it's cliff richard with dreaming yeah back when he was relevant uh, number four on the way up from number eight master blaster jamming by stevie wonder Mm. Yeah. 
Uh, number three, actually moving out of the top spot this week down to number three, was Leo Sayer with More Than I Can Say. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Number two, spending another week at number two, which was the highest spot I've achieved on the Australian charts, Kate Bush Babushka. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, if you've never seen the video, do yourself a favour, as Molly Meldrum used to say, and have a look at the video because... Probably a lot of boys had their first wet dream to that video. Uh, number one, uh, Barbara Streisand, Woman in Love, was written for her and background vocals by the Bee Gees. Mm, okay. Mm. So there you go. I thought you'd like that one because of the uh, presence of Kate Bush. Yes. Let's go forward then to... A bit less so, knowing that Kate Bush was held out of the number one spot by Barbara Streisand, but there you go. Yeah, that does kind of hurt. Uh, now, this it's funny that on this chart from 1990, ACDC has a song in the top ten, hmm. at number ten. This 1990 top, Thunderstruck? Absolutely Thunderstruck. There we go. Yes, dropping down from eight the previous week. Going into the top ten at number nine, Taylor Dane, I'll Be Your Shelter. Mm. I really like that song. I love that. I love Taylor Dane. Yeah, there's some of her stuff that I, you know, can't really, like, tell it to my heart and that kind of thing, sort of, you know. But, no, she's she's got a powerful set of lungs and she uses them when I'll Be Your Shelter. She's a great voice. Absolutely. And I remember watching her on one of the video shows where they were, you know, interviewing her. And, mm. and they said, what's your advice for up-and-coming, you know, young performers and she said oh image is everything darling and i think uh, mm. particularly in the 80s and 90s that was very true mm, she personified that yeah a number eight down from six janet jackson black cat mm. um it's not my favorite song from rhythm nation my favorite song is love will never do without you mm-hmm. it's just, i really like that but this comes a close second this is my second favourite Janet Jackson song. Yeah, okay. And uh, the first one being That's the Way Love Goes. Fair enough. Uh, number seven, down from five, Southern Suns, Heart in Danger. Yeah. Yeah. So middle of the road, you can just about paint a light white line down the middle of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Number six, down from four, Snap, Oops Up. Mm-hmm. Mm, still worth a play every so often. It, it has sort of held its age well. Yeah, it's, it's the one where you don't want to play rhythm as a dancer. Yeah. 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 You're going to go, oh, hang on, that's a bit too obvious. What what other snap song can I play? Oh, let's play Oops Up. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Number five this week in 1990, racing up from 44, The Righteous Brothers, Unchained Melody. Because ah. Ghost was out. Mm-hmm. Yes, and you had Patrick Swayze and... Yeah, I never... Re- I never... It's not designed for my audience, but um, I've watched Ghost once to say that I've watched it. Yeah. But it's not a movie that I would go back to. Probably not, no. It's it's more about the chicks digging Patrick Swayze than anything else. Mm -hmm, Because he does spend quite a fair bit of the film without a shirt on. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's a ghost, you know, can't wear clothes. True. Uh, number four was Young MC, Buster Move, mm-hmm. on its way out of the chart. Uh, number three, up from nine, Betty Boo, Doing the Do. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw an article only recently that suggested she'd been accused of not actually being the one who sang the song. 
I thought it was around at the time, didn't yeah. you? Ever, didn't it, uh, sort of. It uh, uh, was. Oh, she um. But I mean, it doesn't. It and I guess what you, if you know what you know, sort of these days, they're like, oh, she was singing at a a, a gig and she dropped the microphone and mm, the tape and the playing. tape kept playing and I was like, well, actually, you know, that's um <laughs> very common for. Yeah, for, for singers sing. to be to be miming to a backing, a back, tape. backing tape, but mm. you know, top of the pops, all of them, they 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 did it. It was well, they had to do it. Yeah, they actually weren't allowed to sing live because they, you know, obviously they couldn't be bothered setting up the audio equipment to make it um, sound sound good. I think it was one of the differences between Countdown and Top mm. of the Pops was Countdown, the the art yeah. the artists actually sang live. Yeah, over over the years, they're only literally a handful of artists or groups that got to perform live on top of the pops new order was one of them yeah they wouldn't go on and play unless Blue monday on. unless they were playing it live yeah so, worth knowing uh number two this has not aged well it's skyhooks jukebox in siberia yeah well yeah you've got a memory of it Oh yeah. Yeah, you know. It's I, I know. I'm, yes. Yeah. I, I probably know all the lyrics. If you played it back to me, I'd be able to sing along. To be honest. Well, you probably know all the lyrics to number one, and it was only ever number one for one week, because of Unchained Melody. Delight grooves in the heart. Still holds up today. Oh, absolutely. Can still people get people on the dance floor doing their funky stuff. If it's on a karaoke uh, availability, I'm singing it. All right. I'll be doing the rap then. Yes, you'll be playing, you'll be mowing the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> if we ever get to that point, there's not much karaoke going on in Tasmania, but... Uh... Yeah, no. Um, there are some karaoke bars in Hobart, I just I don't think they've ever been open when you've thought about going. No, they, they're... Uh, yeah, they, the, the, the pub that... Tom McHugo's is in now used to have yeah. a karaoke, mm-hmm. um, like an open... To me, look, you know... You've got, you've got your open pub karaoke. Yep. And you've got your karaoke rooms. Yeah. Karaoke rooms are pretty pointless unless you've got a large group of friends. Group of friends together. So, mm. you know, you really want to go for the the, the open mic sort of mm. karaoke where you can mm. get up and sing in front of a bunch of strangers. I think. Sony are about to release, if you like, the next generation of sing-along song games. You know, okay, because obviously you had PlayStation, had, SingStar, had yes, SingStar. They've now gone. Obviously, they don't make SingStar. No, not really. Anymore, no, but they've they're moving to obviously something that you can just stream, download, and and sing along with. I understand i read something about that the other week so. yeah i mean there's already kind of i guess apps out there where you can sing along to yeah. and record your voice and 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 that sort of thing so mm. but you know still it's not the same as you know being drunk and doing it in a pub so no that's i true. don't think mm. well that just about brings us to the end of this week's uh unmade bed thank you to our cats for only meowing once one is sitting there now curled up and snoozing and the other one's probably out in the lounge room and curled up and snoozing yeah or looking at birds or looking at birds they are obsessed by birds 
Okay, well, that's it for this week. Uh, I'm Adrian. Say goodnight, Bree. Good night, Bree. And we will catch you next time on another episode of The Unmade Bed. Thank you.